Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. We're back, still basking in the glow of once upon a time in Hollywood. And I am joined uh, from my friend in North Hollywood, Aaron Alvarado. How you doing? Doing pretty good. It's good to be back. Still trying to recover from those two uh, massive showings, that long weekend we had, potting and doing other things. But mostly potting. That's really what we focused on. So we sure did. It's good to be back. We sure did. After we recorded, uh, I believe, our two-parter for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you, Jeff, and I, we, all, we saw it for a second time uh, that evening. Uh, have you seen it since then, or is, is, are you at two? I'm just at two. That's that's my limit so far. Uh, I'll go back and watch it probably at least one more time. Mm. But two so far. Well, uh, Aaron, I've seen it six times, um, <laughs> which is actually f- fewer than our, our friend Skylar, uh, who claims yeah. nine viewings, which, I mean, I would love to see those receipts, those stubs, please. Yeah. Stubs or didn't happen. Um, but I trust my friend. He says not- nine. Uh, I'm not buying the nine viewings. I don't know. It sounds Dude, like a tall tale. Once upon a time in Dallas is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes. When he when yeah. he tells that story. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a fairy tale. <laughs> a different kind of fairy tale for sure. Um, look, it's a two hour and forty minute movie. Nine times. I mean, six yeah. times for me is 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 pretty significant. And the only reason why I got in two or three of those is because I was in San Francisco for work for a full week, and you know, uh, this week I was there without uh, Lindsay, and so. You know, I took a buddy to go to the Alamo Draft House to see it. It's a kind of a dinner movie. And then when I had to wait out the Bay Area traffic on Friday before my drive back to Sacramento, I, I waited it out by watching it another time. So I've had those opportunities present themselves. But I will tell you, Aaron, the movie, it gets better and better the more I watch it. And I know we gushed about it in, in the pods that we did. But, like, I'm here to tell you that uh, even though I'm being severely affected by recency bias, it's, this movie holds up. And uh, and it's really the reason why I wanted to pod again today uh, to speak specifically. I mean, the question we're posing here on the Facebook live feed, uh, the title of it is, is this the end of Brad Pitt? <laughs> well, the answer is definitely yes. Yeah. Done. But we're going to go on anyway. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to we're going we're gonna to carry on. Yeah. We have plenty, who's who's picking up the Brad Pitt mantle, by the way? Who's the star that's waiting to fill the Brad Pitt void? If he were to hang it up. Who's the uh, young up-and-comer that's like, all right, I'm the new Brad? Man, that's such a good question. What's the name of uh, <laughs> Tom Holland's buddy in Spider-Man? <laughs> What's Jake that Gyllenhaal? guy's Jacob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. It's Peter Parker's uh, friend in Spider-Man. He's the one. That's who I'm thinking. He's the next Tom uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, I don't know. There, I don't think there is a next Brad Pitt. You don't he's think such it's Scott unique, Eastwood? He said... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's had such a unique career and he's also a unique talent. Like he's just an he's like a combination of everything that you want out of a movie superstar. Oh, yeah. Um, and I I don't think that he was necessarily destined to be a superstar, but he kind of like turned himself. He willed himself into being a good actor. So well, yeah, well, that's got to hand it to him. It was, he had, it was an uphill battle, right? I mean, his he didn't have looks on his side, right? That was something he had to overcome. No, absolutely. Yeah, he was dealt a bad hand with genetics, but he persevered. <laughs> genetics, bad hand. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I, this whole pod is going to be – this is a, a Brad Pitt extravaganza. Okay? We are going to talk everything Brad Pitt. Uh, 
and and yet this has like I said, this has everything to do with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because he provided, and we'll talk about it more uh, a little bit later. Quite not just a tour de force performance, but something that was such a statement. Like watching it the first time, it was it felt like a statement. Every time I've watched it since, it was just like it's not that Brad is back. It's just that like Brad needed to remind everyone that like he just flexed his movie star muscle, both literally and figuratively, in a way that was like impossible to ignore. Uh, and so. I uh, I want to discuss his his general filmography. Uh, I want to I want to ask you about what was your first Brad Pitt experience. Um, do you remember the first movie that you saw in him? And then and then we, afterwards we are going to actually rank our top five Brad Pitt performances, not movies necessarily, but the actual performances. So first, tell me when did you first start uh, preaching at the Church of Brad? <laughs> <laughs> I think the first time I was ever. I, I ever saw him was uh, was probably Thelma and Louise. Oh, um, obviously no one really knew who he was, but you know I watched the movie when it came out, um, and you know he was just a bit part. But I wasn't really aware of him until um, the first time I saw, I saw Seven. So that was probably the late '90s because I didn't watch Seven until it was out on home video already. Yep. So probably the late '90s is when I really became aware of Brad Pitt. But he was already basically a star at that point. Um, but yeah, I remember watching Seven and just being like transfixed on on every just everything about the movie. It's so moody and and it's dark and, and grimy. And then his performance is uh, it's pretty subtle actually for most of the movie. Um, he kind of underplays it, and then he basically explodes at the end um, in that famous scene with uh, Kevin Spacey. <clears throat> it's unfortunate that we couldn't recast that that uh, that movie. Get rid of Kevin Spacey. <laughs> If you could superimpose or deep fake another actor or something over that performance, is there? Oh man, I, mean, I would take Bill Hader. <laughs> oh yeah, give me Bill Hader. I'll t- I'll definitely actually, take Bill I, Hader. Um, but yeah, so man, seven though. Seven was the yeah. Seven really. Seven was it for me. Yeah, that seven was the that was the. Um, that's the movie that's like you're no longer a child. You're in a grown up cinema world now. You know, and. Uh, What's the what's the Hemingway line at the end of the film? What Morgan Freeman recites something about how uh, it's a tough world, but it's worth living in. And I'm butchering it, but yeah, that's that. Oh, movie, that's close enough. It was definitely yeah. That's it's worth it's verbatim. Um, but, yeah, uh, nailed it. Uh, but that movie was definitely the like. Uh, it was the sign like for um, like, it was a currency among the friends of like how cool or how like dark, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Seven. Like, yeah. If you liked seven, it meant you liked cinema, you liked film and you're okay with like this dark, really messed up serial killer movie. Uh, and you know, what's funny is it still is very, like I still watch it. I'm like, it's dark. Like, I mean, we've had other films that I've attempted to be dark and yes, there are darker films, but like, boy, does that Fincher made something that really, uh, really holds up. But, uh, that's to me, I, seven is also my first real like concrete Brad Pitt memory is experiencing his performance in that. So I, I, I'm right there with you because um, I don't remember his cameo in True Romance. I didn't see True Romance until way later in life. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, we, we're going to talk about some of these other films in more in detail because they'll undoubtedly make our, our list. But uh, his filmography is interesting because he's made a lot of bad movies. Um, whether oh, yeah. whether or not he's responsible or contributes to that badness, you know, I mean, he doesn't have a perfect record. No one does. But well, it's- what's interesting is that he does have some bad performances. Like you can look at that list and say, hmm, he was not great in that. Which give me an example. Which is pretty interesting. What do you think? 
Uh, interview with the vampire. Yeah. That was Mr. And that Mrs. Was, Smith. That was Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Legends of the Fall. Um, seven years in Tibet. Not his finest hour. Ooh. People like that movie, they but I, I don't. I didn't think he was particularly good in it. Yeah. Well, it's um, for political reasons, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spy Game. Was he good in Spy Game? I remember Spy Game being a good movie. I have not seen it in maybe 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever yeah. it came out. So, yeah, let me amend that. He he wasn't bad in some of those. He was forgettable. He's I would forgettable. say he's definitely forgettable yeah. in a lot in several performances. No. Uh, yeah, not often flat out bad, but certainly forgettable at times. Have there been any flat out bad films where he was dynamite in? Where you're like, okay, this oh, is just not a good boy. movie, but his performance, it, it, maybe not necessarily dynamite, but his performance was like was good despite or in spite of how bad the movie was uh i would say killing them softly is a bad movie and he was he was good he was okay in it i never even saw um fury fury was a bad movie and he was okay in it um uh, troy i think troy might be the one though oh troy is uh do you think he's good in troy he's doing the best that he can it's a it's um unquestionably a bad movie yeah but he's he's okay he's doing the best he can he's got heavy lifting to do in that and not even brad pitt's strong shoulders can carry that movie yeah strong broad soldiers shoulders for sure (laughs) Uh, it's funny you mentioned it because i'm looking at the the top grossing films that he has started number one can you guess highest grossing film Uh, happy feet two happy feet Uh, World War Z, which wow, yeah. Oddly enough, I had dinner with my my mother tonight, and I was in preparation for this pod. I asked her, like, just off the top of her head, like, what's your favorite Brad Pitt movie? And she's like, Oh, World War Z. And I was like, What? <laughs> the movies were like the bot, the zombie bodies like pile on top of each other, so zombies can get over the big wall. Didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Number three, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, four, he does a voice in Megamind. Don't really count that. And I know you don't consider animated movies actual movies. Five no. is Troy. And then six is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So it's fascinating to see his <clears throat> highest grossing films are not, with the, with the notable exception of Ocean's Eleven, not his best work, like not his best films. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button was a film that should have been good. I love David Fincher. I, you know, he is on my Mount Rushmore of filmmakers. Uh, Obviously, Fincher and Brad Pitt together have had great, yielded great results. And that film was just a real misfire. Uh, did you see that movie? Did you even? Um, I'm trying to remember if I did. I think I watched it one time and I. It's very long. It, so I probably didn't even finish it. Okay. Well, it's not. Um, bringing, up, bringing up David Fincher and Brad Pitt, their collaborations, what, could you imagine Brad Pitt? In the Ben Affleck role in Gone Baby, uh, not in Gone Girl. No. Do you? Th- so why not? Is I, he too old? No, I think it's because Ben Affleck was cast so specifically because of actual like Ben Affleck life things off the screen that were happening. They needed a type of person that America could both love and hate. Someone that was kind of a tortured person. That could play the the pretty boy that is like maybe murdered his wife, but we don't know. Um, and it was yeah. way too meta involving Ben Affleck for me to v- envision Brad Pitt. Honestly, I think Brad Pitt's too likable. 
Uh, and that's why Ben Affleck was perfect for that role. So, yeah, I'm going to say no. I just don't think Brad could have done it. Do you disagree? No, that's probably right. Um, yeah, it makes sense that they cast Ben in that. But it just feels like um, if they couldn't get Ben, Brad Pitt maybe could have slotted in there. Um, there was, you know, there was a minute when Brad Pitt got some bad press after the breakup with uh, Jennifer Aniston and the breakup oh, sure. with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, he got he got a little bit of bad uh, bad press for both of those breakups. Oh, so. he's been laying low since yeah. the the Angelina yes. Jolie breakup. I mean, he's just been mostly producing films yeah. with Plan B Entertainment. Right. Uh, he hasn't been starring in very much at all. Uh, honestly, I don't remember the last big movie he was in before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, uh, well, he was a little bit of cold streak. He was in that movie Allied with oh, yeah, um, with uh, Marianne Cotillard. Yes, yes, yes. I, I didn't exactly. Even see that one? Yeah. And then he was in that Netflix movie War Machine. Yes, War Machine, which I felt like was yeah. filmed like six years ago, even though it came out like last year or a year before. <laughs> so I, I kind of liked totally it. Not, Did you like War Machine? It's a good watch. Yeah, it's a good watch. It's yeah. good Netflix. He's he's excellent in it. He makes a choice mm-hmm. in the way he does this. Stanley McChrystal type character and it's 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 a real choice but he commits to it and I think it's perfect I, I actually think he's really really good in that movie it's a little long but I it's it's definitely watchable because of Brad uh, so so do you think looking at like looking at his resume now yeah. like he's been in over 50 movies uh, excuse me 80 movies yeah. as an actor um, I how does he compare to the all-time greats like the Robert Redfords yeah. and so and the, all of them. I, I don't know. Is he up there? Is is he? Does he have a better career than a Robert Redford or a Paul Newman? So that he's been compared to Robert Redford since he was in mm-hmm. A River Runs Through It, right? I mean, like yeah. the, uh, Robert Redford directed f- picture, and, and in, yes, there are physical similarities, right? There's this like young boyish charm and like striking handsomeness, but this charisma that it was very Robert Redford esque. Has he reached the the peaks or the pinnacle that Robert Redford did? That is a good question. Um, so uh, I couldn't even. Wow. I don't think he's. Re- he, I don't think he's done it. I don't think so either. And I think, but I think with Once Upon a Time in America uh, in Hollywood, I think there's a chance that he could Kay. get there. Ag- agreed. Specifically, yeah. Specifically after seeing his performance in this movie, I think he's still got a lot of left, a lot left in him. And if you give him the right script to give him the right role why not like he could keep acting forever well this um, is i would say once upon a time in hollywood is the most redford-esque that i can remember seeing brad pitt be like in a movie because he is such a movie star in this thing. like yeah and yeah. and his his you know he's he doesn't have that many lines like he has lines in the film but it's not like he has these like long dialogue ridden like you know all these like he doesn't chew up the scene with uh, the quippy Tarantino dialogue. A lot of it is just him taking on and off his sunglasses, which he seemingly <laughs> does like a dozen times. But like, yeah, but like every time he does, I mean, that's it, it's, that's a movie star though, it's right? A movie star move, and it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like every time, you know, he he can beat up any, and it, it, it's almost like mythic. It's almost like, and I know Tarantino right. did this by design, uh, but it's just expertly. Uh, acted in, in that film, but yeah, I don't think he's reached Redford's pinnacle, but I absolutely think it's possible. Especially seeing seeing him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If anything has told me that Brad has a lot left to give when it comes to his contributions to cinema, especially in acting. Now he has been nominated for three Academy Awards for acting. Can you guess which three of those films? Which oh three man, of those are? this is tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, 
Give me uh, Moneyball. Correct. Lead actor. Okay. Give me The Tree of Life. No. It's good. Oh, man. I know. Um, Benjamin Button. Yeah. He got nominated for Benjamin Button. Uh, And so you're missing his first nom for a supporting role. Supporting role... uh, the Mexican. No. I'm going to oh say the Mexican. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, no, Julie Roberts got nominated, though, for that one. Um, 12 Monkeys, the Terry Gilliam film. Oh, wow. Bruce okay. Willis. Yeah. So that was his first nod. Uh, I, I, I can't say I've seen that film many times, but I remember the first time I saw it. And I remember thinking that that's for me. It was when Brad Pitt transcended like pretty boy actor to like, oh, this guy's serious. He, like he's he can do things. Um now, I, I don't know if you're as much of a fan of that performance as I am, but again, I haven't seen I, it in a long time. It, it's been a while for me too, but just thinking back to it, it's it's um, it's a nuanced performance. <laughs> He's basically just play, playing playing a crazy man who's stuck in a uh, mental hospital. So. Yeah. That's kind of like he's got one note and he's he's hitting it hard. Yes. He's going all out. He is going all <laughs> in out. every scene. So, yeah, it's not a restrained performance, that's for sure. Uh, no, not much nuance in that one. I will say, though, 12 Monkeys, it comes in at number five on the Rotten Tomatoes user scores. So, Oh, wow. The, when the, the user rankings, again, not the, not the critics, it, number five is 12 Monkeys. Number four is uh, True Romance. So, uh, you know, we've talked about that, his cameo and that the cameo, more than a cameo, I guess. Um, eh, it's, it's pretty much cameo. Yeah. He's got, I think he's got like three scenes. Oh, three are great scenes though. Uh, number number awesome. three is Snatch on the on the Rotten Tomato users. Two is seven, and one is uh, a film that you and I do not have in our top five performances. So maybe we talk about it now, and that is Fight Club. Oh yeah, Fight Club was another one of those in high school for me. It was like, have you like, have you seen Fight Club? Like, then you're cool. If you haven't, like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was like. Yeah, the ultimate measure of cool is if you've seen Fight Club, and you could reference. Oh it, yeah, like, rule number one of Fight Club, you know, and then you know that one Pixie song at the end, you know, it's just these things. Uh, yeah, but that's number one in the Rotten Tomato users, which doesn't totally surprise me. It's a cult classic. Yeah, you know, people love that movie, uh, but it's not on our five. No, for me, I think if if we made this list like five years ago, maybe it's on yeah. there, but I I just think the movie has not aged well at all. Yeah. Um, it's it's part of that mythic 1999 movie year movie year, um, it, you know it had its it had its time and its place, but um, it just for a lot of reasons it's just not it has not aged well. No, I um, totally and I think, agree. and because of that, um, the way that I grade his performance has probably fallen. So, so <laughs> over enough time, it's it's probably flattened out a little bit. Not a huge fan of Fight Club anymore. I, but there was a time it was probably one of my top two. Oh, or three to- movies, absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah. It never eclipsed yeah, yeah. seven as my favorite of his films in, in like sure. growing up. I mean, like seven was still the more important yeah. film. Again, another Fincher yeah. uh, directed to pick. Um, oh, that's another what if. Take, would you could you swap Jodie Foster and Brad Pitt for Panic Room? Or is that would that not work the same? Oh, that's a good question. Panic Room is the Give forgotten Fincher film, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so uh, how about? I feel like Jared Leto's part in Panic Room should have been Brad Pitt. Jared Leto's not in that movie, is he? He's in Panic no. Room. Yeah, he plays the uh, one of the bad guys. Oh my gosh, I totally. I know Forrest Whitaker is in it. 
Yeah, the other bad guy is Jared Leto. <laughs> You're kidding. Oh, my God. No, look it up, man. A pre-Dallas I think Buyers you, I Club? I think you need to go... You need to dig in the David Fincher archive and, and dust off some of those uh, forgotten Fincher movies. Yeah. Could Brad Pitt have replaced any of the Zodiac leads? I think he could have done Downey oh. Jr.'s. You're absolutely right. I, I do. He could have totally, totally done the Robert Downey Jr. He could have done Ruffalo too, but Ruffalo, I, I think Ruffalo is better mm. in, as the cop. I would leave Ruffalo alone. Gyllenhaal stays as well. Gyllenhaal is Gyllenhaal. You, He's perfect. Has Gyllenhaal worked with Fincher? Since no, that no, he movie, won't do though? it. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he's been asked to, but it's not a well-kept secret that he uh, very much loathed the process of working with Fincher. Maybe. Really? Yeah. It was all, it was the, all the takes, the the mental breakdown, you know, the mental uh, abuse that he, you know, was suffered from the way Fincher likes to just break down his actors to get the performance he wants. Sure. A real Kubrickian uh, method. And so... Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, a child of Hollywood, uh, of royalty. It just wasn't having it. Right. And I like Jake. Yeah. Well, I wonder who Jake Gyllenhaal would consider his favorite director. I don't know. And if Gyllenhaal won't work with him again, you think Downier Jr. is ever right? I mean, like, <laughs> the second Fincher wants to do it, take three, you've got to believe Downier's like, what? No. What? A third? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like... And then cut to Kate, take 99 and, and Downey is, is doing drugs again. Um, <laughs> he's relapsed. He's relapsed on, <laughs> on the set. <laughs> oh, that's such a great movie. Though. Zodiac. Yeah, I'm on the record. It's my favorite. It's thing. amazing. But anyway. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I was going to say, though, Fight Club for me, the most recent time I revisited it, it's the second half of the film, specifically the last act, the third act. But it's that second half mm-hmm. of the film that really doesn't hold up. I, I still love the first half. It's fun. It's punchy. It's it's you know it's part of a cultural zeitgeist. It's part of a movement and a lot of in a, a part of the lexicon of the words we used was from that yeah. narration of yeah. Edward Norton. Yeah. But the second half of the movie really doesn't hold up. It it starts to fall apart. Uh, now before we get to ranking our fi- favorite Brad Pitt performances, are there any other movies that you want to talk about that aren't on your list? Uh, well, I mean. There's a movie called Sleepers that he oh, it's like yeah. an ense- ensemble yeah. cast that Dark. he has a small part in. Kevin Bacon. I love that movie. I love Sleepers. I think yeah. it's an amazing movie. Great cast. Um, not one of his best performances, but it's not. He doesn't really have the part for it to be. So, if you haven't seen that one, go go out and watch it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Babel. We have, we haven't talked about Babel. Yep. Is that Babel? Is uh is that Inuritu? I think it is. Uh, yeah, it's Alejandro. I'm pretty sure. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, that's, yeah, it is. Yeah. 21 grams. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, that was a sig- I think that's a significant... It's not in my five, but I, I think that's, a, that's an important movie. Um, it's a good movie, good performance. Um, if you had to... I just saw this. If you had to guess Brad Pitt's height, what would you say oh, his height six is? Oh, 6'1", 6'2". Easy. See, that's what I would say, too. No, according to IMDb, he is 5'11". No, he's not under he's six. Five, I, I don't believe that. No. That's uh, it's hard to have that body type at that height. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Is that IMDb? Is that a user submitted fact factoid? It must be. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. This is yeah. no. I'm questioning it now. No, submitted IMDb. by an incel. Do you remember when IMDb had the message boards? Oh, uh yeah. Very toxic place. Okay. <laughs> I mean they couldn't be the the, the um the only worst comment section I've ever seen is probably on Yahoo Answers. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Um, for some in. reason, Yahoo has the worst comment section in history, but IMDb was up there. It's pretty close. Not really bad. Um, a couple other shout outs, though, for movies. I, I will. This is not a good movie, but it played a ton in the Stauffer household. Meet Joe Black. Killer opening okay. sequence, uh, but not a good movie. Uh, the Tree of Life. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. Or no, no, no. It's not Gwyneth Paltrow. Who's in that? Isn't she in Meet Joe Black? No, she's not. Oh, no. You're, that's, the girl I'm from uh, Antitrust right. with Ryan Felipe, which yes. is a weird yes, yes, reference. Yes, yes, yes. She was like an up-and-coming person that ended up not really having a career. Yeah. I don't remember her name. I think her name is Claire. Claire. Claire uh, yes. Yeah, Claire Forlani is her yes, name. Yes, that's right. She's a mall rat. That's the only reason I know Oh, her. okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Tree of Life, which is a movie that didn't work for me as a whole, but the stuff that really worked is everything with Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain. So that's, that's worth calling out. And the dinosaurs. Well, the dinosaurs were, they were, they were just great to work with. Happy to be there. Treated well on set. Um, Can you imagine a movie like that? And there's a freaking dinosaur scene in there. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, I remember the theater I was in there. Some guy was like, is this for real? Or something like you just said something. Yeah. Yeah. He, was that you that said that? It was me, actually. I was alone. Also, this was a late showing. No one else was. Do you there. do you ever find yourself talking in a movie, like just like, with other people, or if I was by myself, or just talking at the screen, just no, out of uh, no. frustration? No. With absolutely not. That's not how I respond. <laughs> no, I don't. I can't understand that. But it seems like maybe every third movie or so, someone will just like flat out talk. They'll talk. Like, talk yeah. at the movie. Yeah. They just want to be heard. They yep. just want somebody to acknowledge them. Oh yeah, I mean, oftentimes it will be our our beloved senior citizens. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, they are they'll be loud for a lot of reasons. You know, um, but yeah. sometimes they will ask questions to the screen, make comments. I welcome it honestly. I think it's a great interactive approach. Um, I'm just happy that they're. I'm happy for their patronage that they're coming and, and enjoying cinema. So go. Well, I, before this, so I'm part of the AMC A list thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And now every time I go see a movie, it's packed. Like every theater. Oh sure. Packed, which is awesome. I think it's a better experience when there's more people there. Is that but because the of A list? You're saying because A list? Yeah. Be, wow. Specifically because of A list, every theater that I go to on the weekend is wow. packed. It's awesome. I love it. Um, and I know it's because of A list because they segregate their lines in the snack bar. Oh. A-list versus regular folk. Oh, jeez. Oh, and for uh, – it's consistent now. For the last three months or four months, the A-list line is at least as long as the regular people. Oh. So. so this is – okay, that's yeah. why Regal just launched their yeah. service. Right. Because they uh, – clearly they saw then whatever's wor- going on at AMC. It's working. working. It's definitely working. But the reason I bring that up is um, – so before all this, you know, like when, we, when I would go to like independent movies, there would be no one in there except uh, for me and, like, old people. That was it. Like, the only people that would go take a chance on a movie that was uh, was a small-budget film were old folks. And and I feel like I applaud that. That's great that they're going, but they love to talk in movies. They do. Did old you ever – just quick, quick question. When you worked in the box office at the movie theaters and, and you'd have yeah. – inev- you know. Yeah. Inevitably, there would be an, an older individual or a couple that would come up and they seemingly made this selection for what they wanted to see once they got to the counter. Like they didn't come with a oh, yeah. showtime or a movie in mind. They'd get to the counter. Then they would look up at the little paper marquee marquees and be like, all right, what time is it and what looks good? And they would just based on the title pick, which I think is amazing that they just it's like reckless, but I love it. 
but they would pick it's a leap of faith and they would pick movies that some that would be like really graphic or ones that I'm like certain they would not enjoy seeing. Now I'm making some assumptions, right? I'm like, okay, this is the chosen generation. These are war heroes and these are, you know, good <laughs> Christians and, and whatnot. And, you know, I can't be leading them into Pulp Fiction or whatever, or Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. you know, uh, rest yeah. in peace Kubrick. Um, did you ever have the experience of trying to dissuade or steer them from Eyes Wide Shut to Runaway Jury with John Cusack or even Mystic <laughs> River, some Clint Eastwood fair, you know? Did, did you ever try to do that? Me personally, no, because at that time I didn't care at all. And I actually thought it was it would be hilarious. If they uh, into oh, a movie, so you steered them towards eat. the more graphic so, material is what you said. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, those are my Fight Club uh, era. That That's when I love Fight Club. So that was my mindset at the time. Um, that was my Project Mayhem. Perfect. <laughs> Steering them into movies they would hate. But actually, I do remember in the box office, there was a, we had at, at some point um, every week, they would print out a binder mm. um, with the movies in a description. So people would ask, like, can I see the binder? Yeah. And it would just be a synopsis of the movie. Oh, and they were useless synopsises, though. They were, I remember because I would terrible. show people that. Yeah. But <laughs> just completely vague and just garbage. You know, it's funny that I now that I say it, and I think about it. I talk about trying to steer senior citizens to the right movies, but you know, you know who you know who never comes out and asks for a refund or walks out in the middle of a movie? Senior citizens, they That's will right. watch the whole thing. Yep. They're they're not walking out of movies. They, Are you kidding me? It was such a journey to getting in there. They're like, ah, there's no way. <laughs> and then they don't ask for their money back no. after, even oh, if they hated it. They never ask for their money back. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, when it comes to customers, really good. Yeah. Um, but that's what's funny is, is I, I, for whatever reason, I cared about steering. They didn't care. They were going to go watch whatever. Like, nothing was going to make them no, walk were, out. You were trying to do a good deed. I just wanted some chaos. So yeah. that's <laughs> why how times have changed. Uh, speaking of chaos, you ready to get to these lists? Let's do it, man. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick us off if you don't mind. Uh, my number five is, I, I, admittedly, it's, it's in my list because I feel like it's criminally underseen but also because it's a terrific Brad Pitt performance. He gives his all. It's, it's a Western, and it's, uh, I love long movie titles, and this is one of them. It's, it's The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Uh, and so I don't know if he's done Westerns before or after this, um, but this was basically his Costner flex. Like this was, you know, this came out around the same time that Costner self-financed his own uh, open, I think it was open range or something like that. Uh, but this was this was Brad Pitt being like, "Look, Costner, like, hang it up, buddy, hang up the spurs. Like, I'm not a Western <laughs> movie star, but I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna just knock it out of the park." And he did. This is movie I think got Casey Affleck a nomination for best supporting actor, who plays Robert Ford, the coward, and uh, who was excellent in the film and definitely put him on the map for me. Um, but you can't forget Brad Pitt, who plays this, you know both even keeled cool as well as charismatic uh outlaw a uh, mythical figure and it's just a great performance so that's that's my number five uh brad pitt performance. yeah that's that's a good choice almost made my list um just looking at the imdb uh i was looking at the director of this uh, assassination and his name is andrew dominic and he actually directed killing them softly which is that brad pitt movie that oh. i said wasn't very good because it's not but more importantly he directed two episodes yep. of Mindhunter Mind, from the this new season. Mindhunter season. He sure did. Yep. Yeah. Was, the three directors were David Fincher, um, Andrew Dominic, and Carl Franklin. So that's a pretty killer director's lineup for a Netflix show. Uh, 
which I just finished the season, by the way. If you're fans of Mindhunter, Mindhunter season one, rush to season two. If you haven't watched any of it, begin, begin with season one. It is it is dark stuff. It is like, if you like the movie Zodiac, it's that uh, in a TV show. So, yeah, Andrew Dominic. Good, Very good. Good good TV director. And for this movie, yeah. a good film director. It's a, it's a beautiful film. Like the yeah, the film is like one of the more beautiful movies I've seen in in a very long time. Not a huge fan of westerns myself, um, but this one is really interesting. Casey Affleck's amazing, and it's so maybe his his greatest performance ever. Uh, just a quick synopsis: is the the movie is uh, Casey Affleck's character idolizes Jesse James, uh, who's played by Robert uh, by Brad Pitt, and he ends up killing him. So that's <laughs> that's the movie in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah. It's in the title. Yeah. So. It sure is. What's yeah. your number five? My number five is Moneyball. Oh. Number five for me. Billy Bean. He plays Billy Bean. Uh, maybe the best baseball movie of all time. Maybe the best sports movie of all maybe. time. And, yeah, it's up there. Uh, Brad Pitt is amazing as Billy Bean. It's it's one of the only movies where they um, they made being the GM of a team look cool. And I think that's because of Brad Pitt. <laughs> if it's any other actor in that role, I don't think that you see it as cool. But for some reason, he makes it seem like pretty glamorous. He just um, did so well. Just expressing the exasperation with the talent scouts that just like, I want to change, you know. And yes, there is the there is a kind of a psychological exploration in terms of why Billy Bean is the way he is and why he wants to change baseball. And it goes into the, the background of his playing career um, and and the lack thereof in the in, at the professional level. But like the way he, he, first off, he's just infinitely cool in this performance. And Billy, yeah. And some of that is is similar to Billy Bean. At the same time, I would say this is not a Billy Bean impression in any way, shape, or form. Like, I, and, and I like that. Uh, I think he channels the energy of Billy Bean without actually having to act exactly like him. Um, not that many people would know. I mean, he. This is a movie about my favorite baseball team, so of course I am very familiar with Billy Bean and the way he talks and acts and looks and mannerisms. Most people probably aren't, so it didn't really matter. But this whole movie, I mean, I think Brad's probably in every single scene, every shot. I mean, it's, it feels it's like just, it, it feels like he's in every scene. But his stuff with Jonah Hill, even even the sentimental yeah. lines of like, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Like he does, it's he does so good. Even and then of course throwing the cooler and losing it, telling the guy he's he's getting sent down to yeah. AAA. Like every every bit of it is just done. Like car- fighting for Carlos Rincon, the phones, and mm-hmm. they're going back and forth. And I'm talking about now because, it, of course, Moneyball's on my list. And uh, it's at it's actually yeah. number two for me. So I have it quite a bit higher. Oh, nice. So we'll just get that out of the way. Uh, it's my second favorite Brad Pitt performance. Uh, he is yeah, what, one of the really interesting things is the movie is very quiet. It's a very quiet movie. Um, and he uh, his performance is pretty low key for the most part. But it's also he's incredibly intense in this movie, too. Yeah. So it's like he has underneath his kind of uh, muted tones or what has muted expirations or exasperation is there's this intensity and it's that's the drive that a GM a passionate GM has to have and you know there's a couple scenes where he kind of explodes but really I mean it's it's a it's a low boil it's kind of like um, it's just this this uh, energy that's inside of him and I think he really captures that well um, as did the director of the movie uh, that's why I think it's so effective. I just think it's a, a beautiful film and beautiful performance. I think for me, it comes down to this: just this small moment in a facial expression at, at the at a, the climactic moment where they're going for their twenty-game win streak, and it seems like even though they had a big lead, it got away from them, and he can't watch the game because he feels like it jinxes it. So he's in the back in like the exercise room, 
and he's got his head down. And when Hatterberg cracks, you know, the crack of the bat when he hits the home run to win the game and to win 20 in a row, Brad Pitt does this thing where he looks up because he hears it on the monitor. And the look on his face as he's looking up, going from this exasperation of like, of course we didn't get 20. Of course we didn't make baseball history. To that look up of hope is just, it's a small, it's a subtle thing, but it's just such a great moment. And one I feel like really very few people can do. All right, my number four is a Tarantino film. It is Inglorious Bastards. Um, Brad Pitt, uh, we talk about him being in every frame of Moneyball. He is not in every frame of Inglorious Bastards. He is in like maybe one fourth of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. But he plays Lieutenant Aldo Rain. He, he does a voice. He's got all sorts of mannerisms. But he is so <laughs> funny in this film. From just the comic timing of doing the Bongiorno, you know, like doesn't care about even trying to sell the, the fact, his, his cover that he's uh, from Italy. To uh, my personal, probably my favorite scene of his is talking to the SS officer they've captured. And he's asking the SS officer to point out where the German troops are on the map. And the guy says, you can't expect me to put German troops' lives in, in jeopardy. And he goes, well, that's, that's where you're wrong, because that's exactly what I expect you to do. You know? and, uh, and then he tells Donnie, Donnie wants to come out. Uh, uh, we got a German who wants to die for country. Oblige him. It's just, it's over the top, but perfect for the character he's playing. Uh, he delivers the, the, the big line at the end of the film where he says, Yudovich, I think I just, this, I think this just might be my masterpiece. Which was, you know, <laughs> playing proxy for Tarantino, telling everyone that, that he thinks this is his masterpiece, which it was <laughs> and is. Uh, and so, yeah, Inglorious Bastards is my number four. Do you have a gift for that? You know what? I don't. I, I was, I'm shocked. I was going through. I, I thought I There's did. There's no. Wow. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, th- uh, I thought that's I good downloaded choice. the And I Want My Scalps. Uh, yeah, that's a very good choice. Uh, not on my list, though. For number four, I have. The movie Snatch, the Guy Ritchie masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I had a gift. Uh, Yeah, that's for the again. This is one of those. uh, It's not a great movie, but it's a great performance. Um, This was at the time Brad Pitt hadn't worked with Tarantino, um, so the closest we could get to that was Brad Pitt working with Guy Ritchie, who was a Tarantino clone, uh, just a, a terrible cheap ripoff. Uh, in the movie Snatch, Brad Pitt plays a, a gypsy boxer, a bare knuckle boxer, and it's extremely bad. Brad Pitt. Like no, no one else could pull off that role the way that uh, to make it as cool as he did. Um, so I think it's one of his signature performances um, in a pretty bad, silly movie. But he's great in it. So awesome. Uh, not on my list. Glad it's on yours though. That's a beloved film. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is a film we talked about earlier uh, a bit, and that is Seven. Um, this is where I really same for me. learned who Brad Pitt was. So would you say same for you? Yeah, I have seven, number three. It's a number three. Okay. Well, this is, this is the, you know, this was a, a typical role, I think, for someone that Brad, like for Brad Pitt at this point, the young, hot-headed cop, you know, and you got this pretty boy. Like it, it was kind of like on paper. I think Hollywood wanted to fit him in this role. But thankfully, he did a lot with it. Obviously, Fincher was directing it. They, they had a great script. Um, but he's pretty expressive in this film uh, compared to his later roles like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or even Moneyball. Like, not to say that those are expressionless, but this one he is he's definitely given a little bit more juice, uh, specifically this end scene, which is where this gif is playing from. Yeah. Which, uh, and I'm not meant to be critical here. I think what he's doing with his eyes and the what he's battling, the decision is in his mind, and we know with, with the end of the film what that is that he's, that he's wrestling with. I, I think his eyes are communicating... 
that back and forth of what to do in this moment to be overcome with emotion or not because he just found out the, the worst possible thing that someone could find out you know and that was what's what's in the box uh what a crazy scene and what a tour de force acting uh by him but seven is it's an all-timer like we've said it really is just seeing this gif makes me want to watch the movie again I know. It's, it's such a classic yeah brilliant movie brilliant performance did i i uh, what more needs to be said did i tell you i did an acting class in college um oh no wow yeah 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 we had to do a monologue from a, a monologue of our choosing Mm-hmm. Any film, any whatever it was, I picked Kevin Spacey's monologue, a monologue a choice that has not aged well. Yeesh. Um, uh, are you talking about his monologue from that YouTube movie or yeah, it, clip it was, that he released yeah, yeah, recently? Yeah, yeah, it was his. I'm coming back uh, in, in playing Frank Underwood uh, while I'm cutting things <laughs> in my kitchen. That was the monologue. Oh my gosh, could you imagine if someone picked that monologue? It's a. I mean, there's a lot. It's, I wa- a, it's media material. I want to take an acting class just so I can do that monologue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I picked the serial killer monologue from the back of the police car of Kevin Spacey's. Awesome. Um, that's a, that's and, a good choice. Yeah, I practice it. Uh, I practice it over and over and over, and I, I gave it uh, all all of my oomph. Uh, but uh, anyway, long story short, got an A in that class. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so that was your number three. So am I ba- is it back to me or yeah. my number two? Oh, it was, my number two was Moneyball, yeah. which I'd already said. So I'm, I'm to my okay, one. So, so what's your two? Yeah, my number two is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah, a movie that we've appraised quite a bit these last three episodes, and with good reason because Brad Pitt's incredible. He is incredible. So yeah, I mean, no one, literally, no one else in Hollywood could have played this role as good as he did. Yes, um, I'm that's absolutely positive of that. That's so, correct. It's an all timer. It belongs in his top one or two best performances. Might end up number one eventually, um, but I got to give it some more time. I've only seen it twice, so. So it is my number one, right? So and yes, I know recency bias, but look, six times I feel like I can, I can, I have somewhat a firm ground to stand on to say that I just, to me, this is Brad Pitt's best performance. It is so incredible, top to bottom. The yeah. Spawn's yeah. movie ranch sequence, in particular, uh, from the beginning of picking the girl up all the way to walking out being embarrassed about making assumptions about George Spawn, but in a brilliant way to the flat tire, to the to the altercation, to the to the leaving. I mean. Truth, truthfully, nothing actually ends up happening of consequence in that scene other than him being exposed to the Manson family members, which plays in later when he recognizes some of them. But like that, the amount of drama and tension and just how, how thrilling that whole sequence was. Uh, I, I read in an interview with Tarantino that when they were editing the dailies and putting this stuff together, that his editor was saying that everything from the shoot at Spawn's Movie Ranch was like horror movie good. He said, he said, you basically made like a Texas chain, a scene for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Tarantino was like, what? Like he was surprised. Like I didn't, you know, yeah, of course we wanted it to be suspenseful, but I wasn't thinking it would be like, like horror movie. But it, Tarantino said he went through and looked at me. He's like, wow, you're right. It does feel like, like a classic horror film. And it does. Uh, and a yeah. lot of that is this Brad, That's perfect description. Brad Pitt just having this like kind of kind of a cocksure attitude about what's going on and then little by little going deeper and deeper into discovery up until you know the he actually goes into George's room and it's Brad Pitt is doing so much in that in each each part of that scene and it's not super showy but it's just just perfect and so that's just one example of a movie full of examples of why I think Brad Pitt is not only a national treasure but that this movie is his best uh, it's, it's certainly my favorite of his performances so that's my number one 
Good call. This is my number two. My number one is actually three movies. Oh, geez. It's uh, Ocean's 11, 12, <laughs> no, and 13. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Is 12 the I'm one getting, where I'm he take... has the Mr. and Mrs. Smith haircut? Is that the sh- I didn't love <laughs> the shaved head Brad stage where it was a rounded. No. Sha- it was not yeah. a good look. <sighs> yeah, no. I just think um, that that character, I can't remember what his character's name is in the movie, but uh, just his whole attitude is like, that's that's a movie star. Like he, in that moment, in that character, in, the, in those roles, he's 100% yeah. a movie star. He's Robert Redford and Paul Newman yes. in that role. Yep. Um, he's on their level. Uh, not the career yet, but he could be. But in that role, like that's as good as any anything they've done. Um, I mean, just to share the screen with, other contemporary mm-hmm. legends like Clooney and Damon and all those guys, and um, to never feel like he's playing second fiddle, even though he is. He is. Um, His it, character's just, second he fiddle. Totally is. It, he totally is. He totally is. He's actually more like third, maybe. Um, but anytime he's on the screen, he is the center of attention, and he's like he's shining. It's amazing. Like that's that's a quality that a movie star has um, that you're born with, and he's got it. So. Um, I just think that's probably my favorite perf- perform- per- performance role, whatever you want to call it. It's the one that I enjoy the most of his. See, I love Ocean's Eleven. Uh, I yeah. love it very, very much. It's a great movie, and it's so rewatchable, and it's so fun. But not o- not only is Brad Pitt, a, you know, paired with multiple legends in cinema, even Carl Reiner, right? Like, I mean, just like an yeah. entertainment yeah. legend. Uh, he he outshines them with less screen time than many of them and he outshines them seemingly without trying and that's what's so crazy is in the scenes with and look church is great in this movie so is damon so is everyone it's why it works yep. the ensemble is yep. awesome but the fact that brad pitt steals this movie without trying i mean that's the real ruse of this film right like that's the heist here is brad pitt being like i don't care like whatever the <laughs> however many lines i have whatever limited screen time like i'm gonna own every scene i'm in Without even having to overdo it, I'm just gonna come in and I, I, like this is gonna be it. And people talk. There's a lot of commentary about how this role is the most Brad Pitt is like in real life. Like this is the most. It's like as this is as close as it is to getting the, to watching the real Brad Pitt. I don't think I buy really any of that. But this is the movie star, the careless, the perception of Brad Pitt, oh, just yeah. the confident. Like I got this under control. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this is like you said, Robert Redford. Uh, this yeah. is. This is absolutely um, up there with the, some of the best new Paul Newman performances or Robert Redford. I mean, I would yeah. love to watch Butch Cassidy's and he, Undance Kid with Clooney and, and Pitt just watching this oh, gift. Oh, are That'd you be, kidding me? That would be incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be incredible. So I think um, a skill that he has is he makes it seem effortless that he's so cool and, like, he's not trying. But I think he is trying. Like, he, he's making conscious Definitely. decisions to steal that spotlight away. And it's a testament to how talented uh, talented he is um, to be able to make that look effortless and to make it seem like he's not really trying to do much. But he really is. Like, he's dominating, um, even without making it blatant. So that's uh, that's a movie star. It really and sure is. There's no doubt that he is a movie star. Oh, Brad, it's incredible. So that's our list. We went through it. It is. The coolest of the cool. He is the top of of the game oh, right the, now. Oh, yeah. Biggest movie star of my lifetime. Yep. I think without a doubt. Yep. I mean, Tom Cruise is certainly up there in terms of just like sheer, but like I put Brad Pitt number one, but there is a tier. I mean, Tom Cruise is not as cool as Brad Pitt. That's for sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, there's no one cooler than Brad Pitt. 
Um, I can't wait to see what Brad does next. Uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited for the rest of his career. I cannot wait. Do we know what's coming down the pipeline? Does. I mean, you had mentioned World War Z sequel. He's definitely making. He's got to get paid. Yeah. He's got uh, a lot of kids. He has a, he has a, a few things on uh, IMDb. Um, but I think World War Z 2 is like the the biggest thing that he had. Oh, the Ad Astra. That, oh, the, Ad Astra. What am I thinking? That oh, my yeah. gosh. Every time I yes. see the trailer, I'm like, yes, he's following. He's something that at least looks really interesting. Uh, it could be really good. I hope it's good. I it looks so. it looks interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a po- posthumous Tommy Lee Jones performance. So that'll be exciting. <laughs> 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 like in the trailer, Rest in Tommy peace, Lee Jones' Tommy. character is... <laughs> Allegedly dead, and in real life, I'm like, is right, he, I right. think he might. I, is this real? <laughs> I'm like, you could convince me. <laughs> uh, well, great, Aaron. Any any other Brad Pitt isms uh, you want to talk about? Like no, the fact man. his name we, is William. We Bradley hit it all. Pitt? I I didn't know that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. Should should have gone by Bill Pitt, but that's okay. <laughs> Does, actually, no, Brad, have, I think Brad was the white quite choice. Same ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's it for me, man. Uh, yeah, we hit it all. We I think we did Brad Pitt uh, a, a nice justice here. But yeah, so go out if you people haven't seen um, uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert, Robert Ford. Go out and watch that Tree of Life. Basically, any see anything on Brad Pitt's resume that you haven't seen yet? Yes. Check it out because he's done some really interesting parts. He's worth watching, regardless of if the movie is any good. His performance yeah, is yeah. always interesting. Usually, well. <laughs> I'm going to go with a definitive. I'm going to say always, even though earlier in this pod, we gave actual examples of where that wasn't the case. (laughs) I will not commit to that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Maybe just watch Sleepers as you're going to bed tonight. Get some sleep. Oh, good call. Watch Sleepers. That's a movie you definitely want to fall asleep to. Yes, definitely. It's some nice light viewing. Good sleepy movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I actually am excited for Brad Pitt's Old Man and the Gun uh, at the end of his career. And I hope he gets one you know the way that Robert Redford gets one or got one, right? Like just like yeah. a great send off. Um, and then and hopefully he actually stays true to his claim that he's retiring. Unlike Mr. Redford, <laughs> who showed up as a de, in de, uh, de-aged in uh, Avengers. But um, oh gosh, never de-age Brad, by the way. I mean, Benjamin Button aside, that, that's done. But like, let's never de-age Brad. Let's <laughs> take him as is. All right, um, we're fall movie season is going to be here before you know it, because um, we're already in August, and so that means Oscar, Oscar movies, and we're uh, so yeah, we'll be back with a lot of these. Yeah, we'll hit them up. Got coming. a lot on the plate. So there we go. We'll do it. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 